now. Uh, I know it's supposed to be still waters, but we're on a really tight budget, so the ocean noise is the best I could do. <laughs> Just go with me for a moment. Um, so imagine you, you have the day to yourself. I know. And, and not only that, but you heard that Hawaii had lifted their quarantine restrictions. So you decide, you buy your airline ticket, and you go over to Hawaii. And uh, let's be realistic here, right? You can't have every island, so we're just going to give you Kauai. You can be there. And as, as the plane lands, you realize there's no one there. You have the island completely to yourself. Unless you're an extrovert, then you want a lot of people around it. But as you go to your resort location, you get checked in, and everyone's there uh, helping you with your baggage. You get settled in your room. You go out. To the golf course. It's the best round of golf you've ever played before in your life. You actually finished under par. And if you don't golf, then maybe maybe you played tennis, which is hard to do by yourself. <laughs> but nonetheless, you won. And after you do tennis, you realize you're sweaty, so you jump in the pool, and there's no one there except for the wait staff waiting on you hand and foot. Whatever you want, you can order it and they're going to bring it to you. And you just float there in the water. There's a water slide if you want there to be. You can use that if you want. And after a day of sports and playing and having fun and swimming in the pristine waters and looking out over nature and seeing all the beauty that's out there, you just breathe in. Why don't we try it together, right? You just... And you begin to move inside to the resort to take your massage. And as you realize, you enter the room, as you realize that the lights begin to dim, it's not too dark, you can still see, but it's just dim enough where you can kind of lie there and relax. So you're getting your massage and you realize the pressure is just right, right? It's not too soft, it's not too firm, and most importantly, no one's talking to you. You can just be... And as you reflect there and you settle in, you realize that your spouse is at home with the children, teaching them uh, to mind their manners and to eat all their vegetables and to brush their teeth, and your spouse is killing it, and your, your children are falling along perfectly like little angels. You realize that you've paid all your bills, it's the end of the month, and you actually have money left over in your account. You realize the presidential debates are over, and they were kind, and they were informative, and no one had an agenda, they just shared honestly with everyone. And you realize at the end of the day, it doesn't matter because Jesus is on the throne, not a man or a woman. So you're okay with it. And as you sit there, you relax. You think to yourself, everything is right in the world until. And immediately you're snapped right back into the everyday stresses of life. Isn't that alarm like the worst thing in the world? Devin, can you do that one more time just for good measure? Just, oh. All right, get rid of that thing. Get rid of that thing. Could you visualize? Were you there for a moment? Were you there? I had so much fun putting that intro together because I just thought, oh, this is what I want. This is exactly what I want. I want everything that I had just listed off. So that's my dream. That's my fantasy. You can, I'm an extrovert, so you can come along with, the, uh, with me and enjoy the ride if you want. But I'm sitting there, and I'm just rela- relaxing and going, this is perfect. This is what I want in my life. And then, boom, the phone alarm goes off, and immediately we're all snapped back to the stresses that we all have in our life. And I, I'm going to state something incredibly obvious, and you all know this, but um, life is stressful. 
duh. Like, I don't have to tell you that. But life is really, really stressful. And we all cope with the stresses of life in different ways, right? Some of us, it's all the clean eating. It's the diet. It's the exercise. It's the yoga. You've got yoga pants for every day because that's your routine. That's what you do. And the stress just, oh, it just melts away. Like, that's your jam. That's what you do. Right, it's the exercise. Some of us, we shop and we're really, really good at it. We've got all the rewards cards to every other location and things are good to go there. Um, Amazon Prime was invented for you. You're that person. Uh, you have Netflix. You've got food. You have all these different ways that we all cope with the stresses of life. And life is very, very stressful. Let's be honest here. It, it is church. Let's be honest. So because life is so stressful, here's what we do. We, we try to cope with them. And what I'm going to suggest today as we jump into this series is that the way that you and I, as a general rule, how we cope with the stresses of life, really, really, it's just medication. It's not really the cure. And so when the ailments come, when the stress, the anxiety, the depression comes and you feel it inside of you, right? You can feel it like rising up and you just, you start to get tense and you're stressed. You can feel it and we reach for the medication, whatever that is, right? It's the shopping, it's the food, it's the exercise, it's the alcohol, it's the pill, it's the whatever it is. And that's the medication. And what we're going to explore throughout the next six weeks in this series is the cure. Now, I'm not saying life is going to be perfect, right? We're all smarter than that. We know there are ups and downs, there are valleys, if you will, and there are mountaintops. Um, and, and all those are, are great. It's just the fact of life. But when we reach to medicate, we're, we're not actually taking care of the issue. And so this morning, we're going to open up. We're going to read through a well-known psalm. You've heard it before. It's very, very popular. But this psalm offers the key to the stress that you and I are feeling in our lives. And it's Psalm 23. You can turn there in your Bibles. And we'll read it together in a minute. But the Psalms are interesting because they are, um, well, they're ancient Hebrew poetry. And I'm not one for poetry. I'm especially not one for ancient Hebrew poetry because um, it doesn't rhyme and it has no rhythm. There's no cadence to it. It's just kind of, it is. Anyone else poetry fans? Just no one. Awesome. Yeah, I figured as much. Yeah, it's just, it's different to us. So we have to keep in mind that this is really, really old and it's Hebrew poetry, and David is credited to writing this psalm. David was one of the kings of Israel. And, and get this, he's known as a man after God's own heart, which I think is like the coolest title ever. If you're going to be known for something, like, wouldn't that be great? A man, Steve, a man after God's own heart. And here's what's fascinating about David's life is like he was Israel's golden boy, but he was full of failures and sin and screw-ups. And yet, He's got this reputation as a man after God's own heart. Let me, can I just list off a couple of his failures, a couple of things that were going on in his life? I'll, I'll just give you a couple of them. Um, here's what's interesting. Have you ever had to wait for something? He did. God anoints him as king, but there's already another king on the throne. You're going to be king and have all the power and rule over Israel. Just, just not yet. We're going to have you wait. He does another thing. He kills a giant named Goliath. The current king becomes incredibly jealous and hunts him down and tries to kill him. That's not good. That's a trial. That's a tragedy. Running for your life is kind of um, a big deal, right? There, uh, David marries multiple women. Uh, what else? Uh, oh, he finally becomes king. And then he has an affair with a woman named Bathsheba. And he decides, I know what to do. I'll cover it up by having him murdered. What could possibly go wrong? He also has a son. His name is Absalom. And Absalom wants to be king and uh, kick David off the throne. So David is yet again running for his life. There's all sorts of family drama. No one's getting along. There's all these arguments and issues. And if Netflix were to make a movie out of this or like a docuseries out of it, it would be too risque. They couldn't even show it. 
you got to read your Bible. The life of David is incredibly fascinating. And this psalm, the 23rd psalm, is written at the end of his life. It has, well, it, like this, it, it has the tone of a man who is extremely close with God and yet has been sobered by the realities of life. You know what I mean? Like he's not one of those people that has a relationship with God and has just like flown through life and looks down on everybody and goes, I don't understand what all the fuss is about. Like, just get it together. I've been blessed. He's experienced some things. He's made some massive, massive mistakes in his life. He's made some wonderful decisions in his life as well. And at the end of his life, as he reflects back on what God has done in in his life and the life that he's lived and the choices that he's made, he pens these words. And these are so famous. You've probably heard them or at least part of them. But I want us to always try, and when we approach the scriptures, especially famous ones, to read them with fresh eyes and fresh ears and to open our heart to say, God, is there something new that you might show us? So in order to do that, uh, I'm going to ask that you guys stand with me. We don't do this all that often, but I want you to stand with me and we're going to read this thing out loud. Those of you online, you got to play along too. You got to stand. All right. Are you ready? (laughs) Are you ready? Okay. Because this is going to offer the cure. We're not going to medicate. This is going to offer the cure for all the stresses that you and I are uh, feeling in our life. So read it with me. Here we go. Ready? One, two, three. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in path of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's pray real quick. Lord, thank you for these ancient words that you've preserved. And thank you for the life of David, the ups and downs that he has lived and how that is, man, that is a mirror to my life. And I'm sure many, many other people as well, Lord. Speak to us this morning. Would we hear from your spirit and would we leave this place changed people, have a better understanding of who you are and how you love us. We pray this as a church in Christ's name and all God's people said, Amen. amen. Awesome. Go ahead and have a seat. So much has been made of the first three words. I could preach a whole sermon on the first three words, but I won't. I'll just go really, really quickly here. The whole idea is this. Let's put it up there. The first three words. That's not the first three words. Help me out with the first three words. They are the Lord is, right? So if the, the idea is this. Number one, it's in your notes. We just put it up. Evan, stick with me, buddy. I'm throwing you curveballs. Here we go. Number one, if the Lord is, then you ain't. It's bad English, but great theology. If the Lord is, then you ain't. And here's what I mean by this. If the Lord is God, then you and I are not God. This is foundational. We have to understand this. And here's the issue. A lot of us don't like this because we want to be in charge. We want to have control over our life. After all, it is our life, is it not? We want to be in control. And the idea that we're not in control is frightening. Dare I say, stressful. The elections, you have no control over that. You can play your part, but at the end of the day, like, it, it, it's bigger than you. 
We want control. We want control in our relationships. We want control in our job security. We want control in how this whole pandemic plays out. We want control. And when we don't have control, we get stressed. And what's even worse, when you follow God, God says, not only do I have control, but I'm going to tell you what to do. And as Americans, we go, I don't want you to tell me what to do. We're free people. Have you ever noticed that, like, when you have all freedom and all power, you kind of get yourself in trouble? I just mentioned it a second ago with uh, David as he was the king of Israel. I got all power in the world right now over all of my people, complete control. And I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to pick that woman and I'm going to go sleep with her. And then I'll cover it up because what are they going to do? I'm king, so I'll have her husband killed. That's not a good thing. To have all power, to have all control, to do whatever we want to do. Boundaries, guardrails, barriers are very, very healthy for us. But we struggle with this, this idea. This is why the gospel is so offensive, because you have to admit foundationally that there's something wrong with me. Like, hi, my name's Steve, and I'm, I'm inadequate at this thing we call life. I need help. I need a savior. I need God. It, it, it's the foundation. And so David writes these words. He says, if the Lord is, then by default, that means you and I, we, we ain't. Which means God is in control. And, and what you have to do to someone who's in control, you have to submit to them. And that's, that's a dirty word. We don't like that one. But what that means is if God says go left, you go left. If he says no, then you don't. And if he says yes, then you do. It's foundational. But let me give you a couple of areas in our life that we don't really like to uh, submit in. One of them would be our finances. We struggle with that because it's like, that's my thing. I worked for it. It's really, really hard. I, I want to spend my money the way I want to because I worked hard for it. It's mine. And, and the whole idea behind Jesus always saying, hey, you need to be generous with what you have, with what I have given you, is because he wants us to have control over our stuff, not for our stuff, to have control over us. Uh, another issue in life that we really struggle to submit to uh, with, when it comes to God's standards is our sexuality. We want to play this out on our terms and our timing with our desires and how we want to do. But God puts these things in here not so that we can be like, I don't know, deprived or feel like we're quote unquote missing out or it's so restrictive. God puts these things in here because he says, hey, if this handled in the wrong hands, if you do this incorrectly, it's going to hurt you and other people. You know what I mean? Like that, that's why he has all these, all these rules when he says, like you take some of the, the commandments, right? Don't steal, thou shalt not steal. It, it's in there because stealing hurts people. When he says, here, here's how I want you to handle your sexuality. If you handle it outside of that, it, it hurts people. Well, maybe not you. Like you've never been hurt by someone's sexual decisions, right? That's never. Got real quiet in the room. I'm assuming that means like, yeah, we've all been hurt by this. And God, God's not mad, but he's just simply saying, hey, here are some of the rules. And if you play by the rules, like, you're going to live a blessed life. And we get in trouble when we go outside. Let me give you one more and we'll, we'll move on. Um, another way we have to submit to God is in his timing. David was anointed king and he had to wait. He had to wait. Waiting, can I just be honest since we're all friends here? I hate waiting. I am so incredibly impatient. I want it and I want it now. I wanted it yesterday. It is so difficult to wait. And I think the reason that God has us wait, I think this is right. I think God has us wait because if we got there on our terms and our timing, we might screw it up. 
You know what I mean? Like maybe in the waiting, he's trying to fine tune something in our soul, in our character. Because if, if we got what we prayed for immediately on our timing, we might get there. We might screw the whole thing up. Or if you're waiting for the person, maybe it's the love of your life. Maybe they're not ready yet. And if you meet them, then maybe the whole thing might fall apart. Maybe it's the job promotion, but they, they don't have a seat for you yet. You have to wait. You've got all the skill sets and the experience and everything you need for it. You just have to wait on God's timing because he's orchestrating and he's moving things around. And if you get in there sooner than later, the whole thing falls apart. So David writes these words. He says, if the Lord is... Then you and I ain't. That's the first thing in your notes. We have to understand that. It's foundational. So now that I know that the Lord is and I am not, I'm ready for the next word, right? And it says, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. See, uh, my, my, it's, it's personal. There's a relationship there. He's my God. He's your God. There's relationship. Not, not cosmic being in the sky floating around somewhere. He is my God. And a shepherd, a shepherd is a, uh, it, it's a leader, it's a provider, a, a protector. And you got to catch the imagery, right? You got to catch the imagery. Because if, if the Lord is the shepherd, what's that make you and I? Sheep. Sheep have been known throughout the ages to be um, dumb. Now the Bible's polite, so it will not straight out call us dumb. It will just call us sheep. I read an article online this week that said, contrary to popular belief, sheep are intelligent. They just make foolish decisions. <laughs> so dumb. Got it. The idea is this. Um, number two in your notes. Sheep need a shepherd. Sheep need a shepherd. Left to their own devices, they will get themselves in trouble every single time. Hello, somebody. That was good. Did you get that? I'll say it again, those of you online. Um, Left to their own devices, sheep will get themselves in trouble every single time. All you have to do is look in the rearview mirror of your life experiences. And when you had all power, when you had all control, maybe you were good for a day, a week, maybe even a month. But I guarantee you, month number two, you made a foolish choice. We are sheep. We are in need of a shepherd. We wander off. We get distracted. We forget. You ever forget? The, the idea is this, um, sheep need a shepherd, and so we, we can turn to God to be our shepherd, or we can turn to something else. And I think when we, when we turn to something else, that's when we get ourselves in trouble. It, it's your favorite news feed, it's the, the blog that you write, uh, the famous um, business leader in your industry who's written the books, it's, it's the leadership podcasts, it's the marriage retreat, it's... Whoever that person is that you're following, the problem is if if you're a sheep and you're following another sheep, you still don't have a shepherd. It may be a good sheep, it may be a smart sheep, a powerful, a strong, a sheep with great experience, but it is one lamb following another lamb. And what do you do when the wolves come? (laughs) You got two sheep back to back, it's you and me, we're going to take on this wolf. What? No way! But we do this, right? We do this. We sit here and go, oh, trouble's coming. It's on the horizon. We made a foolish choice. What are we going to do? I know we'll just be braver and stronger and faster and smarter. And it's you and me. We got this. I've been following you. You would never leave me in the dust, right? And you look and they're gone. Because it's a wolf and they took off running. And in that moment, 
You need a shepherd to come in and protect you. Sometimes we get distracted and we start walking around and we're in the wilderness and we start climbing the mountains as sheep and we, we, we realize we're on this very, very narrow path and on the left it's a cliff and on the right it's a cliff and we're one decision away from falling down the cliff. You get the analogy. You get where I'm going with this. And those moments of life, you need a shepherd to come in and lead you to safety, to lead you to green pastures. When you go through, and we'll hit all these psalms, or all the verses in this psalm throughout uh, the next six weeks, but as you go through the valley of the shadow of death, you need someone to lead you through that. It's coming. You're going to go through it. We've all been through it to some degree this year. We need a shepherd. It's the sheep that go on their own and say, I got this. I can do this. My own power, my own strength. It's like, no, you can't. But you try it anyway. It's in those moments when we get in trouble. And then that's when we cry out. We go, Jesus, save me. Jesus, help me. Jesus, I need help, 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 help. And because God is so good, he'll step in and do it every time. But wouldn't it be great? Wouldn't it be great if you and I, we could navigate through life and miss out on some of those moments? You know what I mean? Like those moments where we self-sabotage, those moments where we, we know we're not supposed to do it, but we do it anyways, and we think we'll get out of it without there being like any consequences. And lo and behold, there's a consequence that we're facing. And well, Jesus, and we cry out for him to save, and he does every time. But wouldn't it be great not to be in those tense moments? Because you're just hanging out with the shepherd, just walking, doing your thing. There's protection, there's provision, there's leadership. So we keep going. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Struggle with this one. Because my name's Steve and I want stuff. Big stuff, little stuff, shiny stuff, dull stuff. Cheap stuff, expensive stuff. Stuff, stuff. I like stuff. <laughs> the idea is this. Um, See, I, when, growing up when I heard this verse, it was like, I read it as a command. Like, you can't want. Like, you can't murder, you can't steal, you can't cheat, and, and you can't want. And I was like, oh. So I justified it. I, I spun it. And I said, well, I, I don't want things. I'm just driven. I have a desire to get things. So I felt better about myself. But this thing used to haunt me, like, in the back of my brain. It's like, you, you can't want. And the idea is, is not that. It's not that you can't want things. Because things are good. There's some great things. Um, the idea is this. Because the Lord is the shepherd, you don't need to want anything. If, if the Lord is the shepherd, if he's the leader provider for your life, you, you, don't, you don't need. You're not lacking in anything. There, you could go f- full circle and say it this way. Um, if the Lord is my shepherd, I don't want anything that he's not leading me to or providing me with. I, I want what the shepherd once for me. I think a better translation is this. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. There is no thing that I lack when I'm with the shepherd. There's nothing. I have all that I need. My soul will be taken care of. I will go through the valley of the shadow of death, but I'm with the shepherd. I don't need this extra resource on the top, on the side. Everything I have, everything I need is found in the shepherd. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I, I might, I don't know, desire something, but that's in addition to. It's not a necessity to get me through life. It's just bonus. It's just icing on the cake. Let, let me illustrate it this way. Um, here, here's what this looks like. We'll throw a picture up for you. Um, 
there's an image. So here's a circle, right? It's the shepherd and me. Nice staff. Or rod. I don't know. Do you know? You don't know either. You're judging me. You don't even know. Okay, so it's me and the shepherd. The circle represents the shepherd's gaze, his watch, where he's providing, where he's leading me to. Okay, are you with me? He's doing all this. When I stay with the shepherd, I'm good. I shall not want. I don't lack anything. I don't need anything. Then, every once in a while, because I'm, I'm a sheep, and you are too, we go over here, we fantasize about what life could be, what life should be, what it ought to be. The grass is greener over there. No, the grass is greener where you water it. The grass is greener where God guides you to. Sometimes you have to go through some dry grass to get to some green grass. I don't want to over, you know, stretch the, the imagery here, but work with me. We, we fantasize about a new job, more income, a different marriage, different kids. <laughs> That's the one you laugh at? <laughs> Interesting. So, whatever it is, we fantasize. And, and God is sitting here going, not yet. Stick with me. Not yet. Maybe I'll lead you to the new job, but I'm working on something here. You have to stay put. Hang in there. Well, God, but I know it's really hard right now. I don't have enough money. And I just, you know, COVID did this to our industry. And so now I have to go over here. And he's going, I got you. Stay with the shepherd. And you can, whatever you fantasize, daydream, whatever you, wherever your mind goes thinking, I need this. You have to remind yourself, no, 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 no. The Lord is my shepherd, not this thing. This thing doesn't provide for me. That person over there doesn't provide for me. The Lord provides for me. And if I stay within the pasture, I'm good. But if it's not a fantasy, it's a sin. And pick your favorite sin. I don't have a favorite sin. I go to church. You have a favorite sin. It's the one you commit more often than the other ones, right? It's your favorite sin. You laugh at the children, the nervous chuckle on the sin part. Okay. I'm learning. But here's what we do. We sit there and we go, I know the Lord is saying, don't do this, but it's shiny. It looks good. I want, I, he's going to save me anyways. And he will. So I'm just, I, I'm just going to go ahead and do that. And, and, and God's sitting here saying, no, 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 no. You've left the protection. You've left the pasture. When you, when you go do that sin, I, I will leave the 99 and come hunt you down and get you and bring you back. I love you. That's how valuable you are. But you realize it's dangerous out here. There are wolves out here and there are natural consequences to the decisions that we make. When you and I make a foolish decision and we experience a difficulty, dare I say the natural consequence of it, it is not God being mad at you. It's as sheep, we made a stupid choice and we're bearing the consequences of the choice. It's God's not mad after you. He's hunting you down. He's the good shepherd. He leads the 99 and go finds the one and brings it back. This is how good God is, but we must stay here. So we're going to wrap this up real soon. What is it in your life? We'll get personal. What is it in your life that you're fantasizing about? What is it in your life that you think as soon as you get it, then you'll be able to relax or be, or or the stress of this world will flee once I have fill in the blank. What, What is the unhealthy coping mechanism that you reach out to? It's a medication. It's not going to fix anything, and it's sin. It puts you outside the protection, the pasture, the gaze of the good shepherd. 
And, and, and here's the challenge this week. What if you just let it go? What, what if you stop fixating on this thing? That, that favorite sin, what, what if you just said no to it? The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. So this week, what is it that thing, that, what is that thing that you desire, that you think will provide for you, that you think will lead you to where you need to go? What, what is that thing you've been chasing? And my suggestion is you stick with him. And he will provide you with the thing that you need. You can't find it outside of him. I'll give you a hint into the rest of the series. This is the thing you're looking for. It's Jesus. It's only found in Jesus. So imagine if, imagine if you did this. Imagine if your spouse did this. Your friends, your family, your co-workers. Imagine if we stop pursuing these endless things and we, we stop fantasizing, we stop choosing the sin. And, and we all just kind of hunker down as sheep and we followed the shepherd. What would that do to your family? What would that do to you and all the stress that you have in your life? How would you be able to... All hell is breaking out around me, but I'm good because I'm with the shepherd. Let's pray. Father, we come before you and acknowledge that you are the good shepherd and we are not. God, if there's anyone that feels far from you today, Lord, I ask that your Holy Spirit would move and remind them that you are so near and you've been running and chasing after them for a long time. And so, Father, myself included as a church, we push pause on our life. We come back to you. We say, Lord, forgive us of the sins. Lord, forgive me for thinking that life was better somehow over there. But life is better when I'm with you. So, Father, we're sheep. We've made some dumb choices throughout this year. I pray, Lord, that you would spare us from those natural consequences because you're just that good. So, Lord, we are your sheep. We're coming back to you. We trust in you for the provision. We trust in you for the guidance, for the leadership, and for directing us where we need to go. And Father, for the next five weeks in this series, would we go through the rest of this psalm being so close, so connected with our shepherd? And at the end of this series, Lord, we're going to look back and be amazed going to be amazed at where you brought us to, how you're leading, how you're protecting, how you're providing for us. We pray all these things in the powerful name of Jesus Christ. And the church said, amen. Amen. Hey, would you stand with me? We're going to sing one more song.